Welcome to the Gaining Momentum Podcast with your hosts, Abby and Megan. This is the podcast where we try our best to parent our kids for the world we want them to grow up in and the world we live in now. Welcome back to the season two finale of Gaining Momentum. Megan, can you believe it? You know what? I can't, but I also can because I believe in us. <laughs> but I, I, I like I start by saying I can because I I believe in us and I know I, I'm so proud of like what we've done here. But I also can't because, yeah, it's wild to think that we've done two seasons of this project that we're so passionate about. And that was just we posted earlier in the week, the gem, like the seedling of an idea, you know, like less than a, just like a year ago mm-hmm. um, and where we are now. I just I'm sitting in a profound amount of pride around like the space we've created here. I'm proud what about of you us too. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me. I'm proud of us. And I'm mm-hmm. really proud of our community. Me too. And that's the thing. It feels so much bigger than you and I, you know, the thing that I think I'm mo- that resonates most and I feel most proud of is like how it isn't about you and me. Mm-hmm. It's about something bigger than that. Even though like, obviously we cherish this like hang time that we have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it kind of, always has been though right because we started this for our kids yeah that's such a good point it's never really been about us no and so now we're at a point where now we're doing it for our kids we're doing it for other people's kids but we also have other people joining this this community this com these conversations and this like learning curve with us yeah absolutely absolutely and i'm really excited by the way that season two unfolded with other voices that joined us on the pod yes that was a bit of an experiment for you and I, and like, we're not journalists. So, um, you know, like having interviews and having a, having a third voice in, or a fourth voice, even in the conversation, you know, we couldn't have known how, how that would go. And I, uh-huh. I think like most certainly has like, sorry, my animals are about to scrap <laughs> has most certainly s- strengthened what we do here. I think for sure. So Absolutely. I hope uh, our listener could, I think like based on what we've heard from our listener community too, like that, that feeling resonates um, with folks that listen to the podcast. Every episode, we've gotten great feedback about that guests and how much people are learning from them, how much people are relating to them, how much people Mm -hmm. are taking away from the conversations we're having. So I just want to take a second to just shout out our guests. So our first two episodes of the season, we spoke to my dad and Susan about Mm -hmm. aging and mortality. So thank you for joining us on that and getting the season off to a great start for us. And then we Mm -hmm. talked to Heather from Happy Kids Kitchen about cooking with kids. And that was a really rich conversation. And I think a big learning curve for you and I, because we had never interviewed somebody we didn't know previously. And she was so lovely. So lovely. And that conversation ended up being like about so much more than food, you know, Mm -hmm. which I think was really um, pretty special. Yeah, she was very, uh, this is the theme with all of our guests, but she was very open. She was very generous with her time. Everybody we've spoken to has shared a lot and given us so much of themselves. So I just want to say thank you to them. Thank you to Chewinis for talking to us about storytelling and decolonization. Absolutely. Thank you to Ainsley and Ashtree for talking to us about queer parenting. Thank you to Gray and mm-hmm. Megan for talking to us about neurodiversity. Yep. And thank you to Grace for talking to us about anti-Asian racism. Yeah, I can't like hearing all those folks like listed together. I'm just like, I kind of get goosebumps a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
that we were able to that that so many people were willing to share their stories and share a little bit of themselves with us uh, in this space and what that means for other folks in our community and their what the, what they can take from that. Yes. It's such a gift. Uh, and we have so much gratitude. Yes. Thank you to each and every one of them. And more to come in season three, hopefully. Oh, for sure. And speaking about gratitude, I feel like that was a big theme this season as well. It came up a lot mm-hmm. with the guests that we spoke to in several of the topics that we covered. And it's coming up a lot just in how I feel approaching our podcast. Yeah. I feel so much gratitude that we get to do this that you and I get to touch base as often as we do. And we get to sort of bounce ideas off of each other. I like that collaboration. I like the brainstorming and I like feeling like I'm doing something to try to make the world a little bit better for my kid. Absolutely. Like for me, this, well, a, let me just back up gratitude, so much gratitude towards you. And like, you know, I, we did put that post up where you, you put, you put the idea forward to me a year ago. I didn't even have to think twice. It's like the thing I didn't know that I needed in my life was this space that, you know, you and I get to come together in and this collaborative, creative, it is a creative outlet at the end of the day. Right. So mm-hmm. I have so much gratitude about that. And for you, for, you know, inciting that space for, for me and you, and just, yeah, that, that ability to like make a contribution because sometimes we can feel really overwhelmed and helpless in some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like what are we even doing to like make a difference? And, you know, in a selfish way, I feel like we get to lean into that a little bit here and it is, it gives me a lot of purpose for sure. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've also like, it gives me a lot of purpose. I'm also, it's helping me continue to learn. I'm learning so much from our guests. I'm learning so much from you, Meg. And I'm also just learning again, like, the technical aspect of things. I feel like as things go along, I'm getting like a mm. little bit better at editing and understanding a little bit more about how to create episodes. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. And then we've learned together mm. how to interview people and how to have meaningful conversations and sort of take a back seat to let other voices shine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say like, oh, I'm getting a little bit better, like you're being incredibly modest, like the learning curve that I just need our listeners to know the, le- the learning curve that Abby ha- had to like be on in order to become a competent editor is pretty steep. And I think like you do an incredible job, especially when our, if our conversations have tangented or like taken wild rides, like the amount of labor that goes into crafting an artful episode, that's all you. And I have so much gratitude for the time you put in. Thanks for being my partner in crime. Thank you. And thank you to our community. And thank you to you again, Meg, because I feel like this space has helped me to be more vocal outside of the space. Oh, that's so lovely. That's like the most wonderful, kind thing anyone could ever say about something that you're doing together. And me too, for sure. Um, I learned so much here from you, especially, but like from the folks that visit us, from our listeners, we're learning as much from everyone as everyone maybe is taking from us. So big shout out to the community and big shout out to you for sure. Thank you for thank you for wanting to do this with me. I, all I, sorry, I can hear you, but I also can hear the Golden Girls theme song running through my head. (laughs) Thank you for being a friend. I feel like that sums up everything I'm feeling in this moment. Yeah. (laughs) You can be the, who, who, what, which Golden Girl would you be? I want to be a Blanche. Let's be honest. She has the most fun. I want to be a combo, I think, of Dorothy and Blanche. Yeah. Yeah. I think deep down, Dorothy is the Blanche. That's the reality. I think she just wears it differently. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, I think Dor- Dorothy's just as like evolved in her like sexuality and like how she understands herself, but she just she just presents it differently. I like that. Yeah, I don't think I want to be Rose. Just throwing it. Out. I feel like Rose doesn't get taken seriously. Well, I had because this is like the kind of child that I was. I watched a lot of sitcoms, yeah. and so like I I developed a yeah. lot of theories about sitcoms. So I think. In order for a sitcom, especially from that era, to be successful, you had to have Mm -hmm. a character who was not as bright. So like Rose from Golden Girls, Woody from Cheers, Bull from Night Court, (laughs) Hillary on Fresh Prince. Yeah, you're onto something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're. It's a formula. How? It is. Yeah, I I was a weird kid. Don't worry about it. You're not a weird kid at all. That's amazing. I was like, you. we've talked about this in the past. You and my partner have like very similar pop culture depth of knowledge and analysis. <laughs> <laughs> so I did not, that's like right in my comfort zone hearing that and now I'm like, oh yeah, that's there's something to chew on there. One of the things that we were thinking about coming into like having a final episode of the season was you and I were both thinking a lot about like finales and finals. Yes final final episodes of series and seasons so we were thinking just for our discussion today because we don't have a guest today it is going to be a Megan and Abby exclusive for our final episode we want to talk about finales we want to talk about endings and then we want to talk about like things that we are watching with our kids from maybe when we were growing up or from the past or even from like not that long ago that maybe aren't holding up in certain ways and like how can we still enjoy that stuff and how are we talking right now so today are you telling me We're gaining momentum on season finales. Yeah. (laughs) And we're back. So I want to know then, like, it begs the question, what are your top, like, standout season finales or series finales that come to mind when you think of endings? Okay. When I think of endings, it's weird because I don't remember how a lot of shows ended. Mm -hmm. I remember like, I maybe remember pilots a little bit better than endings and definitely remember like random middles, but, (laughs) but I think for me, (laughs) uh, I'm like embarrassing myself for what I'm about to say, but one of the season finales that comes to mind is the OC season two. (laughs) That one Marissa dies. No, that was season three. Okay. Season two was when Marissa shoots. Oh, sorry. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler alert. If you haven't watched OC, I can't help you. Spoiler from from 2008. (laughs) I don't even think it was that late. (laughs) And so, oh yeah, I think it ended in 2007. Spoilers from like 2004. Yeah. Sorry. We're not going to, you know what? I'm just as a policy, not going to spoiler alert something you should have seen a decade and a half ago. But yeah, when Marissa shoots Trey, Ryan's brother, and then yeah. that image, what you say, or no, hide and seek. Is it called hide and seek? I think it's called yeah. hide and seek where it's like, what you say? Yeah. The Imogen Heap song. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, that episode comes to mind. So apparently I think it's also because there's an OC podcast that came out recently Get that Rachel out. Bilson. Yeah. Rachel <laughs> Bilson and Melinda Clark, who played Julie Cooper, host it. I've yet to listen to a full episode, but I imagine I will love it. Let's circle back to OC when we talk about stuff that holds up and does not hold up. <laughs> I'm just like, I literally just had a, like, did a little like Rolodex scan of that cast. I don't think there was one person of color in that entire cast. But I, that's funny. I think that's actually one of the only shows that could maybe legit get away with that. Cause I, from what I understand, True. the OC, like Orange County, is very white. Yeah. It's represent, but like, it's not like they're like 
asking anyone to like think or talk about that reality (laughs) in any like interesting way no but like I was here for the OC through and through oh me too and didn't the OC like wasn't it one of those shows kind of like Grey's Anatomy that like changed like TV's relationship with music yeah for sure yeah Deb that's how I heard of like Death Cab for Cutie yeah because Seth Cohen loved them yeah, good old Seth Cohen. He was a big fan. That song even that you just referenced like stands out for you as like a part of that episode because the music was like a character, you know? Yes, yes. Anyway, I'm just going based on like st- season series finales from my childhood, yeah. teens, and like early 20s. Okay. So what like up? you're not going to get me talking about Breaking Bad. You're not going <laughs> to get me talking about like the end of Empire. You're not, yeah, like yeah. I'm not doing anything recent. Okay. So with that, my next one is Dawson's Creek. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to wait. <laughs> For our life to be over. <laughs> I don't even care. I'll pay the royalty on that. <laughs> um, yeah. The series finale when Joey picks Pacey. Oh, I know. Good choice. Girl. Yeah. Which like, yes, yeah. of course you pick Pacey. How was that Every even a time. question? Oh, Dawson's like the most annoying character that has ever been on television. Oh, that was the finale where like, I remember ahead of time they teased, I don't even know like what that would look like since like 2003, yeah. but they like teased that a character was going to die. And yeah. I was hope- rooting with every fiber of my being for it to be Dawson, even though the show was like, called they better Dawson's better kill Creek. that guy. <laughs> I was like, let him drown, like rowing across the creek, trying yeah. to get to Joey. Capsized. <laughs> he capsized his canoe. <laughs> but no, it was Jen. Yeah, I know. Which, I mean, whatever. Michelle Williams has had a stellar career since then. So Yeah, it's the best thing that ever could have happened to her. It was to get killed <laughs> off of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> but yeah, oh my God. And Dawson's Creek. I mean, Pacey, Joshua Jackson. Mm-hmm. We can talk about him later. He's going to have his I... own episode one day, but why don't you get into that a little bit right here? <laughs> I, yeah, Joshua Jackson, man. That's like a childhood crush that mm-hmm. stands up. Stands Stand, up. Like it yeah. still holds up. I don't know. When was Mighty Ducks? Like 20 something, 25 years later. That was yeah. when he played Charlie in Mighty Ducks. That's yeah. when my first was like, who is that? Hello, team captain. Don't hate yeah. that one bit. <laughs> Charlie Conway. I, I had- was a Gordon. Yeah. Charlie Conway. Gordon. Gordon, Gordon Banks. No, it was Adam Banks. Adam Banks. Sorry, because I was going to say I actually like my, my eyes were on Banks during that era. But I don't know if that holds up as a crush <laughs> in the same way that Joshua Jackson does. Oh, Joshua Jackson, man. Because, yeah, I mean, obviously, Mighty Ducks, Dawson's Creek. I watched, mm-hmm. you know, he's in Cruel Intentions, Urban Legends. I don't know why. I'm just like, I can't stop yeah. myself right now. Let me let me go ahead and list out his IMDb for you. It's <laughs> in my mind. But the thing that holds up most to me mm-hmm. is his wife, yeah. Jodie Turner-Smith. Yeah. I'm obsessed with their relationship. And it's rare for, like, a white heartthrob from that era mm-hmm. to be openly dating a dark-skinned woman of color. Yeah, it's a big deal. And so, like... Yeah. And his wife is gorgeous. And together they're just beautiful. Yeah. And the, like he worked with Ava DuVernay, who does not suffer fools. So mm-hmm. he's got to be at least somewhat decent. Um, yeah. He was in When They See Us. Yeah. And yeah, I just anyways, what was the question? Series finales. Dawson's Creek stands out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, he totally holds up as a it's like what? how validating when like somebody that you had such a such a heart for in that time proves to be like a decent person in the world yeah my tiger woods crush didn't hold up quite as well no (laughs) oh tiger uh let me think so i'm gonna think about my finales yeah i am gonna get more like i i yeah i can't leave it all in the aughts um or can i maybe i can i this is controversial because not everyone loves it i i don't know were you a sopranos person 
I have never seen a single episode. Okay. So like I was big into the Sopranos and so was my partner and we've watched it all the way through. Actually, that was like a pandemic watch, a rewatch. Okay. We, cause that's like something we're doing during the pandemic. It's like, we can't, we oh, also yeah. like can't take on new content. So we're rewatching <laughs> lots of stuff. So we just actually recently rewatched all of the Sopranos and I'm like, yeah, this ending, I'm not, I feel like maybe I can't, I won't. It is. I remember at the time it was like a controversial ending because like it lacks luster. It's not like, it's not splashy. It's like very benign. Mm-hmm. And even in the moment I maybe was like, what the hell? Like, how is that the end? When you like unpack it, you're like, that has to be the end. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a good ending. I like it. I want to hear from people if pe- other people who are Sopranos fans felt the same way. That was an ending that I loved. I also Oh, have you ever have you watched The Americans? I have not, but I do love Carrie Russell. Oh, you got to watch The Americans. It's like very intense. Like it's so so well done. Uh I love Carrie Russell and I love Matthew Reese, who's her real life husband, who's the counterpart. Like Yeah, I watched him on Brothers and Sisters. Yeah, me too. Anyway, he's excellent on it, just like she is. That show had like an incredible series finale and ends in a way that's like okay. devastating. But like again, it's like finales are hard. Endings are hard. Like, how does a creator like creators talk about this all the time. Like, how do you, how do you wrap things on something that people are like invested in and like make it feel genuine and like keep it interesting and real? That was I don't, again. I don't want to spoil it, so it's like not that good of content because I'm like not going to say what happened. But it was like it, it ended in a way that was like very gut wrenching, but also like, oh yeah, this is how this has to end. That okay. kind of ending, yeah. Okay, yeah. and it has to do with like their children. Oh, interesting. In the show, they are Russian spies who are mm-hmm. American. Like they're they're living a double life as Americans on behalf of like the KGB. Like their relationship is part of their mission. Their cover. Yeah, and like it's re- it's a real relationship. Like they have children together. Like all of that mm-hmm. stuff is like like all in. Oh, it's so juicy. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop you there. Yeah, because before you get too into the yeah. weeds in it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Pull it back. Pull it back. <laughs> It's yeah. Oh, trust me. I understand. I'm still thinking about Joshua Jackson yeah. in my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any other series finales or season finales? There's ones that I like didn't like. Okay. What about you? Well, there are ones I didn't like, but I still, I feel like Grey's Anatomy really mastered the season finale for mm-hmm. a lot of their seasons. Like the one that comes to mind mm-hmm. immediately is when there was the hospital shooting. Oh yeah. And Christina had to operate on Derek. Yeah. And of course she Meredith, did like waited outside and Meredith had a miscarriage. It was very, very dramatic. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> yes. There was a lot going on there. Yeah. But then I also taking it back to like kind of teen wise, mm-hmm. my so-called life. It was the oh, season yeah. and series finale. Cause that show, which is wild to me. Oh, still. Yeah. I got one season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That makes me want to dive into reboot talk. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Well, like, I gotta say, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Fresh Prince of Bel Air series finale. Yes, can you? I was thinking about Fresh Prince the other day, but I couldn't remember the specifics of how they wrapped the series. So they were getting rid of the house. Right. Everybody was moving on. Yes, I remember things. that scene. And but then I'm it like... was like the empty house mm-hmm. and Will was like turning off the lights. And then Carlton had been in the bathroom down upstairs. So he like came running down. Yeah. And was like, hey, turn <laughs> the lights off or something like that. Yeah. It was just like a beautiful, yeah. really poignant. Like mm-hmm. I, when we moved out of our place, Mm-hmm. last month as I like when I was looking at our empty place mm-hmm. that was the what conjured in my head where mm-hmm. I was like oh this is very fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah like that image will stay in my mind mm-hmm. 
long past its usefulness. I mean, it yeah. already has stayed in my mind long past its usefulness. Yeah. But yeah, like that. So that's one. Mm-hmm. But I guess I know we want to talk about reboots and things that we liked and didn't like. But mm-hmm. of all the shows you've mentioned so far, would you actually revisit any of those with your mm-hmm. kids? Ooh, good question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. Like, I mean, Sopranos, no, not right now, but <laughs> or even the Americans for that matter. But is, are those ones that you're like excited to share with them when they're old enough? Yeah. And I'm in a lucky place right now because I think like my oldest is getting just old enough that we are starting to do that. We're starting to explore stuff that's like not just kids stuff with him. For example, we have been watching a lot of sitcoms with him and he's a very clever kid who has a pretty keen and astute sense of humor. Like he understands things that like you wouldn't think that he, he often sometimes he doesn't and he'll be like what's the joke here it's interesting to have to explain like well the joke is blah 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 that's been really fun actually to like dig into old sitcoms with him and like what's an example we've watched all of parks and rec with him okay does that hold up actually it's really interesting there are certainly moments that i'm like ooh, even though it's like didn't end that long ago but it kind of is telling even in the last five to ten years how some of our perspectives in the way that we talk about certain things have shifted pretty dramatically. One of the things that I think consistently comes up is like transphobic and homophobic Mm -hmm. content Mm -hmm. in sitcoms. Mm -hmm. And so like even in Parks and Rec, which like in a lot of ways, quite a diverse cast, they are like, it's satire, but a lot of like important like social commentary. But even in Parks and Rec, there will be moments that are like, oh, that's pretty transphobic. Like whatever it is that the, the, the joke is hinging on. Mm-hmm. But I think like instead of for in our household anyway, instead of dismissing and like shutting that down, because I think there is value in a lot of the other parts of it in terms of like a piece of entertainment that we can enjoy together. And like there's lots of like progressive stuff happening in that show. For me, it's about using it as a vehicle to like talk about it. Oh, yeah. Things are imperfect. And also like we are our social attitudes and our perspectives like evolve and change. And we can uh, entertainment so important and interesting because it's like a track record of that change. Mm. Like we call it out. Right. Like if it comes up, because we also he's also watching Seinfeld. He's also watching Friends. He's watching Fresh Prince. We like plowed through Fresh Prince when they first put put it on Netflix. We you guys wa- love NBC sitcoms. I know, right? Like the <laughs> Thursday night lineup. Here we are. Plus CTV. Yeah. Sitcoms are just so easy to because they're short and it's like we can watch one in 20 minutes and, you know, there's something to be gained. All of us watching that together. Yeah, but it does even like moments of Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince was like a really important one because like obviously the representation component Mm -hmm. of Fresh Prince but Fresh Prince has moments that are like pretty homophobic or transphobic oh I am not surprised yeah a few I feel like a few are coming to mind just even as you said that yeah and so like it's like let's not like throw out this entire piece of work uh, but let's like really take the time to talk about oh that doesn't hold up and here's why um or like it's interesting because now my kid will be like is that homophobic he'll even notice like okay and there's plenty of stuff going on in our current media that like begs that question but it's there's there's almost more opportunity within like past media to dig into that what about you what do you think your perspective will be with that well I like I feel fairly confident I'm okay if my son doesn't watch the OC yeah (laughs) I'm okay if my son doesn't watch Dawson's Creek yeah yeah (laughs) I would watch my so-called life with him. Yeah, for sure. Or an updated reboot that maintains the same kind of themes mm-hmm. and the same sort of uh, drama and storytelling ability. Yeah. I haven't watched my so-called life in probably like 10 years. Yeah. But 
I would imagine it looks dated. I mean, most of the shows we watch would have that dated look. So mm-hmm. if they were to like reboot it and update it and somehow like mm-hmm. de-age Claire Danes because she, it's imperative that she would be <laughs> still Angela Chase. Yeah. But if she was like, what if they approached it and she was like, it was her as a parent and like it was about no. her kid. No, you're not no. into that. No, no, because she wouldn't be the central character anymore. She was really great at playing like the awkward, yeah. but like wanting to be popular and trying to find her way. Yeah, I think about like shirt pull and hair tuck, like pulling at her yeah. shirt and like hair tuck that's like those were key like mannerisms for that character yeah you know what I don't want them to reboot it I'll just watch it just as it is the more I think about it because I was like oh but I would want Ricky to still be Ricky yeah I would want Raylene to still be Raylene Mm -hmm. and I assume Jordan Catalano would still need to be Jordan Catalano (laughs) and yeah but yeah you know what so that's one I think I would keep it Mm -hmm. as is from how I remember because I don't like I assume it holds up Mm -hmm. it does yeah I would watch that with my kid Grey's Anatomy. I mean, Grey's Anatomy is still on the air. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he can jump in for like a few episodes here and there. And I yeah. could probably pick out like 10 favorites that I would want to watch with him and they would hold up and they would have great representation because Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. is a very representational show. Yeah, for and sure. And I'm very impressed with the with the way that the Shonda Rhimes universe just yeah. makes Shonda Land. It's just like, this is what people look like. This, These are the people on our show. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like a big deal because it's just, this is the world. Yeah, it's unremarkable, right? Yeah. Except for to people who are watching and seeing themselves because I've Mm -hmm. watched episodes where I'm like, oh, there are five black doctors in a room together. Yeah, it's amazing. And that you don't see that on television. Not that that doesn't happen in life. It's that you don't see that on television. So Mm -hmm. you think it's a thing that doesn't occur. Yeah. And so just like watching that, like that, things like that have made me tear up. So Mm -hmm. I will want to share moments like that with my child. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Be like, we are here too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's important. You have to see yourself, right? To know Mm -hmm. what's possible and to believe what's possible. it's time for our momentum shout out the final one of the season meg what do you have for us so i want to take a second to shout out a couple of parents from my son's school my oldest son it's been a tough year for kids in terms of loss of access to their activities particularly sports activities where they're mm. um, close together and maybe in contact so these parents are really into ultimate ultimate frisbee yes. and they took it upon themselves to do like a three week throughout june ultimate clinic for kids uh, one night a week for like a solid hour and a half um, just out of their own interest and their own desire to get kids back active playing together doing it in a very safe way Mm -hmm. um, as some of our restrictions start to lift and it was like the light switch went on in my own kid because you know we've been doing some activities but certainly not like this kind of like team sport stuff Mm -hmm. over the years so it was it's been really cool to see kids get to play together again in this really fun way outside and learn a new sport and this is all because like a couple of parents time and energy to take this on and put on these clinics so I have huge gratitude and I want to thank them for that and thanks for showing up for our community and for our kids awesome Is there anything that you have revisited, like that's maybe less adult with him already? I'm thinking like stuff from when you were little that he has gotten to see. Like, for example, like what comes to mind immediately for for me is like Disney. Like, is there, are you willing Uh, to go there or is it a struggle? Like, what do you, how do you, how do you tackle that? Yeah. 
I have watched from when I was little, we watched Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And okay. so we okay. had like a conversation <laughs> about the crows and mm-hmm. Jumbo and Jumbo and Dumbo. In Jumbo, Dumbo. And, <laughs> and so like, yeah, it's the same thing where we, I think that's like probably the only one from childhood. I wasn't, I saw a lot of Disney movies, probably. I wasn't like super into Disney movies as a kid, Mm -hmm. but yeah, we, so we had conversations around watch when we were watching Dumbo and about how like we're watching this, but some parts of it aren't okay. Even just about like Dumbo being bullied. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about like, this isn't the way that we treat people and we treat people with respect, but then also the crows where we had a conversation about how like, this is not representative of what black people are like, but this Mm -hmm. is the image that was used. and And then we had a conversation about stereotypes. So it was like a vehicle to, introducing useful terms Mm -hmm. and then what else have we watched together I didn't watch like a ton of children's content as a kid (laughs) yeah (laughs) because my brothers were five and seven years older than me yeah and so like I'm watching Sesame Street more now than I did as a child yeah and how's and it holds up it totally holds up I love Sesame Street I I feel like Sesame Street is like the OG progressive kids space ultimately. Yes. And I also like, I, I want to find episodes of Mr. Rogers neighborhood and watch that with him. Yeah. That's one I haven't, but I would like to. Because it's like Mr. Rogers, you know, it's just like everything that that show embodies are all of the things that we need in our world right now. You know, there's just like so much about like who he was as a person. It's going to kill me if we ever find out like, you know, that Mr. Rogers, like somehow had like skeletons in his closet, but <laughs> I'm, I mean, and no one's perfect. I'm sure there was like, you know, they, all the, like the biopic and stuff that came out about Fred Rogers over the last, when was that last year? <clears throat> no, it was like, I don't know, 2017, 20, somewhere between 2017, 2019. Oh, Meg, don't ask me yeah. time questions. Time, time you time. know this. <laughs> when like, so many instances have come up, especially in like the last decade where folks that we trusted and idolized for their values and what they represented have really let us down mm-hmm. and disappointed us. I think about stuff too, though. Like, I would love to hear your perspective on this. Like my, I like, can, can we watch the Cosby show still? And like, that's a great question. I think like as a family sitcom, it's a very important piece of art that like when you talk about things you've watched with your kids, I would fully be watching that right now with my kid as a mm-hmm. family watching. But like, mm-hmm. I just don't know. I'm like, are we allowed? Can here's the question of the moment. Let's leave it in the air. Can we enjoy the art and for what it is without and, and divorce it from um, a problematic person? Yeah. Can you separate the art from the artist? Yeah. What do you think? I thought we were just leaving that question up in the air. No, I want to know. Because <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I want to hear from viewers or listeners, viewers. <laughs> Would you watch Cosby? Well, I, I was going to say, I need to go on a case by case basis. I can't make a like general blanket okay. statement about separating the art from the artist. Okay. Example. The Cosby that. show. That's a really, really tough one for me. I've struggled with that a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. I grew up with the Cosby show. I grew up with a different world. Yeah like the show a different world in case somebody didn't stay tuned after the Cosby show to yeah. see what came on after and see where Lisa Bonet went. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Dwayne Hardison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a really tough one for me. I think if I were to watch it with my child, mm-hmm. there would be value in what he's seeing represented on screen. Totally. And then it's also a case of everybody else who was involved not just the other actors but the people behind the scenes and like do we throw out all of their work because Mm -hmm. the person who was helming the ship fucked everybody up yeah 
yeah. and like fucked everybody over. And so that's, I just, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I think they're like, that would enter. I don't think I could watch the Cosby show with my kid without having a conversation about Bill Cosby. A hundred percent. I think I fully agree with that. And I was literally thinking as you were talking, like how does everyone else that contributed to what that show was get punished mm-hmm. because Cosby was a problematic and violent and awful ultimately person in the end like my gut says no but you're right it's about like how do you approach it like you don't it it can't go unsaid Mm -hmm. I personally wouldn't feel comfortable being like yeah like let's just watch the show together yeah where I think I would have to be like also because his like the show it's his namesake show Mm -hmm. and so I think yeah it's just it's a tough one what would you say I'm thinking about what I would say right now and I don't I don't have the words yet I think I would say like this show's really, well, I think I would just let him enjoy the show, but I would also be like, so, you know, like this is a family and looks a little bit like our family and looks a little bit different from our family. Mm-hmm. And like the reason people like the show was AB and, well, I think I'd probably ask him like, do you like the show? And what yeah. is it that you like about it? And then I'd say like, I'm really glad you're enjoying these parts, mm-hmm. but it's also important to note. And I would just be like the person who created the show and who it's named after ended up being a bad person. And that's mm-hmm. not like, that's nothing. We never actually call anyone like a bad person in our house, yeah, but same. I feel like that's a term that would maybe be appropriate. I think you could even just say hurt that that person hurt a lot of people. And, uh, you know, if you, even if you needed to stay away from like labeling him as a bad person, like that person was really harmful and they ended up hurting a lot of people, but we can watch the show and understand that this is a character and kind of like separate that from the yeah. real person. Yes. But it's just, it's hard because again, the namesake show, like I think, I don't know, it's a very tricky one. Like I'm going to sit that my child's not old enough for the Cosby show yet. Yeah. But maybe we'll just watch that. So Raven instead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Where can we find our other favorites from the, from the show and yeah I mean like what's Malcolm Jamal Warner up to or maybe we'll just like go on Jason Momoa's Instagram so he can see pictures of Lisa Bonet yeah, for sure but is there one where you're like for sure like no like you can't revisit that work because of the person because you said it's case by case so like mm-hmm. would there be one where it's like yeah that's not possible like that that's stuff that's, that's ruined for me and I now I can't accept the art uh nothing comes to mind just in that so far I don't get the same, like, I don't really get super attached all in on a piece of work anymore. Mm-hmm. I think there's just so much where like, I enjoy things when I'm watching them and I'll go on, I don't know, like a week long. I need to know all the information about this person. Mm-hmm. But then once I learn all the information, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm done. Yeah. And I can just like move on to the next thing. So there's nothing that comes to mind that I would be devastated to lose from my watching catalog. Mm-hmm. One jumps out for me. I loved Louis CK. Like I loved Louis C.K. and I loved his point of view and I felt that he was you know like such an interesting like progressive comedian and had like just a very interesting point of view and from a parent perspective I also like related to like you know the way in which that showed up in his work both his FX show and his stand-up I felt so betrayed by you know, it was one of those ones for me where it was like, I, I actually can't revisit Louis C.K.'s work and like appreciate it because it's also just like so inherently him, right? Like it's not like like the show and his stand up. It's like it's him. It, it, it's like it's not it's almost not a character. It's like about him as like a person. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's like when you look when I have seen um, like parts of, let's say, like Louis again in the aftermath, 
there's like all kinds of weird stuff in the show that I'm like, oh, that's a red flag. Like there are mm-hmm. things that I've like heard that. Yeah. And I was and then you feel like an idiot. You feel like you were like not looking for the right. And like also just you feel like, oh, we can't trust this identity. <laughs> like, OK, so so I'm just trying to think about. So what happens when your kid comes home and is mm-hmm. like, oh, I've heard about this comedian that I think would really like Louis C.K. Mom, can we watch one of his stand up specials? Oh, I would be real frank about why that's like not something we're going to visit. We also have a habit in our household of like speaking very openly about like certain certain things. Right. So if that wasn't your habit to like talk about like be open about consent and sexual violence in the way that, mm-hmm. you know, like that habit has formed, like that would not be a, that would not be an unusual conversation in my, particularly like I imagine my child would be a lot older before he would be even remotely interested in mm-hmm. that. But yeah. And then that, that's an, that begs an interesting question too. Do you like ban stuff and say like, you can't engage yeah. with that? Or is it like, here's what I want to offer you about that person. So then like you, you make your own decision about if that's something that you want to engage that's, with. So, yeah. These are great questions. And I hope we ask the Legating Momentum community about it. Cause these are things that I grapple with and I struggle with. My child's still quite like he's only four. So there's a lot of these things that I don't have to think about. Well, I can think about without having to decide on mm-hmm. quite yet. Yeah. But one that's going to come up soon is what conversations are we going to have around Harry Potter? I was literally literally just going to say what about harry potter because like we he knows about harry potter last summer for the pandemic they had mm-hmm. different get like there was what is it harry potter at home i think it was called where they read mm-hmm. yes. uh, they guests reading a chapter each week yeah and so he's heard the entire first book mm-hmm. And he, our plan right now is to watch it this Christmas because we think he'll be old enough to handle the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we'll space it out. But that's a tough one for me. And that one, I think I've actually fallen on that we will watch Harry Potter. I'm not sure what we're going to do with the books yet, but we will watch the movies mm-hmm. only because I deeply respect the actors in it. Yeah. And the way that they've showed up mm-hmm. and spoken out. Mm-hmm. Against the transphobia that J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. used to yeah. sit sit in. Yeah. Yeah. We so we have read them all with our mm-hmm. oldest. And we started before some of the like stuff was coming to light with in terms of like J.K. Rowling's like perspective. And what I also think is interesting, again, it's contextual and it depends on what it depends on what the thing is, but it's like it's okay to also like not idolize creators and be like, this mm-hmm. creator is problematic. And here are mm-hmm. the things that are like troubling about what they believe. We enjoy these fantastical characters and like some of the things that these worlds have to offer with, without having to be invested in her as a person. Mm-hmm. But we are put lining her pocket also when we engage with the medium so yeah it's Mm -hmm. tricky I don't have a perfect answer we decided to move forward because I felt that like what those stories had to offer was valuable enough that we could like Mm -hmm. unpack her as a problematic creator Mm -hmm. and I totally agree with you regarding the movies but it's tough I want to hear from our community I want to hear what people think if they're if they're able to like move forward with those things and talk about where the problems live and also still enjoy what's there and what is valuable it doesn't doesn't have to be zero sum I guess is the question I would leave yeah I don't think it's an all or nothing mm-hmm. and I think case by case and it's just it's hard to to separate things depending on how deeply attached you are right because yeah. like something you don't really care about, you're like yeah yeah get rid of it who cares yeah but then like you know that's with everything once mm-hmm. it hits you more personally and it hits you a little bit more close to home then mm-hmm. you have to examine it a little bit more closely yeah for sure and I don't know what the answer is, but maybe we can end this season on a cliffhanger. Yeah, for sure. Maybe you guys have the answer out there. From there, we 
are wrapping up our wrap up on finales. <laughs> this is our finale for season two. We hope that you've taken as much from this season as we have. And we're just so delighted and humbled and honored that you choose to spend any time with us. So thank you. Thank you. And let us know what you want to hear for season three. We'll be in touch over the summer. And now for the last time this season, let's pause for momentum. Little eyes at the edge of your seat. And then it all ends with cliffhangers, spinoffs, nice teddy bows, the season finale of your favorite shows. The screen fades to black. Then the discussions begin. Did they really just do that? What does it all mean? Dissecting with friends, asking into the void, looking for new theories to fill the time until hiatus is done, waiting for premiere dates, knowing entertainment is on the way. Then the kids ask what you're watching and the panic sets in. New questions emerge, seeing the show with a fresh outlook. This might not hold up, you realize, as you avert their little eyes. We acknowledge that Gaining Momentum is recorded, produced, and edited on the unceded territory of the Selic Okanagan people and the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe, Anina, Oji Cree, Dena, and Dakota peoples, and on the homeland of the Metis Nation. Gaining Momentum. Gaining hosted Megan and Abby. With artwork by Catherine Katjak. With music by Evan Dysart. Please check our show notes with each episode for more information on Catherine and Evan, plus how you can stay in touch with us through email, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you.